Two loves I have of comfort and despair, which like two spirits do suggest me still. The better angel is a man right fair, the worse a spirit a woman coloured ill. To win me soon to hell, my female evil tempteth my better angel from my side, and would corrupt my sane to be a devil, wooing his purity with her foul pride. And whether that my angel be turned fiend, suspect I may yet not directly tell, but being both from me, both to each friend, I guess one angel in another's hell. Yet this I shall now know, but live in doubt, till my bad angel fire my good one out. <laughs> Welcome to Outside of a Dog's Sonnet Fortnight, where we discuss why Shakespeare's sonnets are actually really good. Welcome back to horribly misogynistic sonnets about people who lived 400 years ago and what are we doing talking about their affairs, really? This sonnet, Sonnet 144, was actually the first one that we agreed we definitely should read. Is it just because we both hate women for some reason, or is there something else about this, Christian? Well, maybe. I mean, considering our choice of books, the podcast of... No, but honestly, this is a must-read, probably, because it is so damn problematic. The structure of the sonnets, first about the fair youth, then about the dark lady, that is something you can read into it. But here it is stated outright that Shakespeare is writing about two people, two people he both loves. And the fair youth, this love is something pure and good. And the dark lady, this love is something horrible and even evil. She is a temptress, the devil, that woos away the angel of the fair youth. So apparently there is actually some sort of triangle going on, some sort of love drama thing between the three of them. And it seems, at first glance at least, that this dichotomy is really clear. The fair youth is good, the victim of the bad, the evil side, the dark lady. But actually Shakespeare says, well, I do love them both. And I do pay attention to both of them. And he outright says in the end that he doesn't know how to resolve that. He really doesn't know how this will play out. Although that doesn't keep him from calling the woman in this love triangle evil. I find this triangle really interesting, especially this aspect of the dark lady. It's implied she seduces the fair youth, maybe? That is just amazing. And it's kind of a callback as well for me, because in Sonnet 42, actually, he talks about his love being stolen away by someone else, and that he thinks, well, maybe she just loves you because you're my friend, so actually she just loves me. Which is so petty and so envious again, like we talked about when we discussed the rival poet. So this is such a clusterfuck. <laughs> and while speculating about these people might be kind of vain, if we don't see them as real people, who actually really lived, even though they were probably inspired by real people, but who knows, maybe not even by just one person each, maybe they are a conglomeration of different people. If we just see them as characters, this is fascinating. That these two characters that were separated at first, and then we learned that the one has another love as well, and then suddenly it is revealed that that other love that we already know from Sonnet 42 might be the second love of the poet himself. That is a twist worthy of, worthy of of getting a big spoiler warning if we see this as a continuation as a fictitious universe that is built up in these poems about love desire and obsession 
it really is a kind of reveal for the overarching plot. And it makes so much sense for many of the poems we've discussed so far. The fear of loss on the poet's part, the jealousy, the notion that all things come to an end, and also the sense of inadequacy, that the poet himself is not free of sin and vanity and the inability to really make sense of all of this. The attacks against the Dark Lady are volatile and fierce, but just as often the poet kind of blames himself again as well. He is part of this triangle. He is the only one who really has a voice in it, but that doesn't make him any less of a party in this whole thing. And that is also a fascinating thing. What I would give to hear even the fictitious poems of the Fair Youth or the Dark Lady, if they could reply to what the poet Shakespeare is writing about them. That'd be amazing. It always blows people's minds when I tell them that there are people who write Shakespeare fan fiction. And generally, I'm very much in favor of Shakespeare fan fiction. I think it's a great thing. If you know of any Shakespeare fan poetry that is written, uh, please send that our way. As you said, this would be fascinating to read. And if there's someone who writes sonnets from the perspective of the fair youth and the dark lady, hell yeah, I want to read that. Please. It's also... Interesting, on the one hand, again, we have this horrible misogyny that is even worse than the things you read in Shakespeare's plays. And, I mean, those plays include The Taming of the Shrew. And, again, this is a very saucy poem. For example, he says, I guess one angel in another's hell. Remember, hell, euphemism for not the feet. And, at least according to the footnotes in this edition that I have here, the heroic couplet, yet this... Shall I ne'er know, but live in doubt, till my bad angel fire my good one out, is a reference to the transmission of venereal disease. Which is intriguing. Maybe that's why he doesn't really like being with the Dark Lady, because it literally hurt. So, kind of a saucy poem here. But if you think you've seen the worst, or maybe best of it, you haven't seen nothing yet. Come back tomorrow, on the 23rd of April. The 400th anniversary of the Bard of Stratford's death. When we discuss his pants. In Sonnet 151. Thank you very much for listening. For more information visit outsideofadogcast.com.